Well, good morning. Well, if we haven't met, uh, my name is Joe Ash Thomas, and uh, what a joy it is to be back with your community. The topic of my sermon this morning is justice, Jesus' way. But before we jump in, let me first tell you a little bit about myself. You know, when I tell people that I spent the first 18 years of my life in Mumbai, they usually think my childhood looked something like this because of Slumdog Millionaire. But my childhood actually looked more like this. And this is actually the literal neighborhood my family lived in before we moved to the U.S. So naturally moving to the U.S. was a bit of a downgrade for us. <laughs> but we live in Canada now, and you know, Canada's an upgrade from the U.S. these days, right? But let me tell you about the organization that I work for. So I've had the joy of working for IJM, as Nick shared, for the last uh, eight years now all over the world. IJM is the world's largest anti-trafficking organization. And for the past 25 years, IJM has partnered with local authorities and grassroots organizations to strengthen justice systems to protect more than, more than 10 million people from ever being trafficked or exploited by violence in the first place. And we've also helped rescue more than 76,000 people from trafficking and violence all over the world. And we do this work as Christians because we believe that the grace of God, this triune God of the Bible, covers all injustices around the world. And because we believe that the triune God of the Bible is the God of justice. You know, I'll never forget starting with IJM in South Asia as an intern almost a decade ago. It was a year filled with rich experiences, but perhaps the experience that I looked forward to every single day was our daily staff prayer. In fact, in our employee handbook for our staff globally are two key daily spiritual disciplines. 30 minutes of personal stillness time and 30 minutes of corporate prayer every single day. That's right. We pause every morning, the most productive hours of our day, to force ourselves to come to the God of justice. And we do this because we believe that the work of justice is ultimately God's weight. It's our work, and it's to be done Jesus's way. Let me say that again. The work of justice is God's weight. It's our work, the work of the church, the people of God, and it's to be done Jesus's way. In fact, we believe in this so much that every single IJM office around the world has a plaque just like this to ground our staff in the spiritual realities of taking on injustice. God's weight, our work, Jesus' way. So what does it look like to seek justice, Jesus' way? Let's turn back to our scripture reading of Luke chapter 4, verses 25 to 37. But how is justice, Jesus' way, different from the earthly ideas of justice floating around today. 
Today, we're going to look at four unique characteristics of justice, Jesus' way. Here's the first one. Justice, Jesus' way, is radically inclusive. It's radically inclusive. What does a good Samaritan do that the other two religious guys fail to do? In verses 31 and 32, we see a Levite and a priest both seeing the victim of violence on Jericho Road, but they pass by him on the other side. Probably because of religious laws that would make them impure for coming into contact with a dead body. But Jesus tells us in verse 33 that the Samaritan, the marginalized outcast, the guy with not-so-good theology, sees the victim of violence, has compassion on him. And in verse 34, it says, he went to him. The guys with pristine theology, the Levite and the priest, pass by the Samaritan, pass by the victim of violence on the other side. They refuse to share space with the victim of violence. But the guy with horrible theology, the Samaritan, does what the first two religious guys don't do. He goes to the man and he shares space with him. Justice, Jesus' way, is radically inclusive because it shares space with the victim of violence. It shares space with the oppressed. It shares space with those on the margins of society. And justice, Jesus' way, is radically inclusive because in many ways, this is what Jesus first did for us. You know, I know, I know that we're still in this season of celebrating Christmas with Epiphany, so I'm not going to preach the Christmas sermon all over again, but what does God do in the Christmas story? He comes down and he shares space with us. And he shares space with us by entering into our suffering and then inviting us to go on mission with him in healing the suffering of this world. So here's the thing. Just like the first two religious guys that Jesus talks about, we here in the West are so used to being selfish with our faith. You see, because of our Western individualism, many of us think that our faith is just for us and that it's just about us. So we make our faith about just us. So when we see earthly suffering, when we see violence, we try to avoid it by passing by on the other side. But when we live this way, we forget that we were once victims of this world too. When we live this way, when we refuse to share space with the brokenness of this earth, we forget that we were once far away from the grace of God ourselves, that we were once Gentiles too. And if it weren't for Jesus, we'd still be far away from the grace of God. But the Christian faith is really not about us. It's not for just us. It's for all of creation, especially those 
on the margins of society, especially those forgotten and abandoned on the side of Jericho Road, especially those who are historically never included by religious societies everywhere because they were seen as impure or unclean. So allow me to draw your attention to one such group that religions and societies everywhere have looked down upon as impure or unclean. Women and girls who are victims of sexual exploitation. One in three women globally have experienced violence, either physical or sexual in nature. You know, the harsh reality is that unlike most women and girls in Canada, most women and girls around the world do not have an inclusive justice system. More than five billion people around the world today live outside the protection of the law. What does that mean? Well, for example, in Bolivia, where IJM operates, you're statistically more likely to slip in the bathroom and die than ever be convicted in a court of law for abusing a woman or a girl. In South Asia, you're statistically more likely to be struck by lightning than ever be convicted in a court of law for trafficking a woman or a girl into forced labor. In fact, one of the most pervasive forms of violence against girls in the world right now is happening in this beautiful country called the Philippines. You know, before the internet, criminals in Canada had to physically go into a bar or a brothel to sexually exploit little girls. But today, because of the internet, criminals located anywhere in Canada can abuse little girls in the Philippines without even leaving their homes. Here's how this works. Someone here in Toronto can pay as little as $50 an hour through Facebook or WhatsApp to someone in the Philippines, and they can abuse little girls online by directing their live-streamed abuse. These perpetrators are shielded by the virtual nature of the internet. But let me assure you, there's absolutely nothing that's virtual about this crime. Because little girls and little boys are forced to perform sex acts on themselves or on each other or with an adult. Or they're abused in other violent ways that I'm not even going to begin to describe in church this morning. There are an estimated 750,000 predators online right now looking for children in the Philippines to exploit. Over the past 10 years, my colleagues at IJM Philippines have partnered with local authorities to rescue more than 1,000 children from this type of crime. These are children of all ages, but just so you know, the youngest child that we ever rescued was two months old. Now, what does that have to do with radical inclusion, Jesus' way? Well, the reality is that this injustice exists because of uninclusive justice systems. Justice, justice systems that were set up centuries ago by colonial powers 
to protect colonial interests. Justice systems that were designed to exclude women and girls, especially women and girls in poverty. And if justice, Jesus' way, is radically inclusive, then we, the church, must do something about this. Here's the second unique characteristic of justice, Jesus' way. Justice, Jesus' way, is holistic. It's holistic. You know, in IJM casework, uh, we have something called the four R's of justice. Rescue, restore, repair, and restrain. See what the Good Samaritan does here in verse 34. He rescues the victim of violence by going to him, bandaging his wounds, putting him on a donkey, and bringing him to a safe place. That's rescue right there. But he doesn't just stop there. In verse 34, we see him restoring the victim by bandaging his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine, bringing him to an inn and taking care of him. Then in verse 35, we see him paying the innkeeper to continue restoring this victim of violence in community. But I also love verse 35 where he says, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Here's the thing. Jesus is the good Samaritan and the church is the inn. And just like the good Samaritan, Jesus entrusts the restoration of victims of injustice to the church, the innkeeper. And he promises to hold us accountable when he returns. But Jesus isn't just the good Samaritan. He's the greater good Samaritan. Because unlike the good Samaritan who can, who can only rescue and restore, Jesus will do a lot more when he returns. He will repair and restrain. So tomorrow happens to be Martin Luther King Day. But Dr. King once said this. He said, on the one hand, we are called to play the good Samaritan on life's roadside. But that will only be an initial act. One day, we must come to see that the whole Jericho Road must be transformed so that men and women will not be constantly beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. This is why we as the church and we at IJM don't just rescue and restore. We also look to repair broken justice systems and restrain the criminals so that women and girls can live in a world that's free of violence, a world that God desires for us a world that Jesus will fully establish when he returns so that there will be no more victims of violence. And he will restrain the unrepentant evil by holding them accountable. Imagine experiencing sexual violence in Ukraine at the hands of Russian forces right now. Imagine... Imagine having your life and identity erased as a First Nations child in a residential school in Canada, often in the name of Jesus. If you experience the hopelessness of systemic injustice, would you really want your oppressors to go free 
without any consequences? What hope would there be in eternal life if God did not return to judge the living and the dead? Thankfully for us, God, the Son, will return to judge the living and the dead. And that's good news for the poor. That's good news for the oppressed. That's freedom for the captive. So justice Jesus' way is holistic. But justice Jesus' way is also expensive. It's expensive. You know, we all like to talk about justice, but is seeking justice actually costing us something? Is seeking justice actually costing you something? Here's the reality. Justice, this world's way, won't actually cost you a thing beyond a couple of posts on social media. But justice, Jesus' way, will cost you something. Always. If you don't believe me, ask the Good Samaritan. It cost him two days' wages. If you don't believe me, ask Dr. King. It cost him his life. If you don't believe me, ask the successors of Dr. King today who advocate for the dignity of black and indigenous lives. Here's my final point. Justice Jesus' way is communal. You see, as Christians, justice isn't just something that we do individually. It's also something that we do in community as the church. I love that the Good Samaritan seeks restorative justice for this victim in community with the innkeeper. And just like the Good Samaritan, Jesus also invites us, the church, to seek justice in community with the triune God. Because justice originates in community with the triune God. So as we close, I'm going to provide you with two opportunities to seek justice Jesus' way as a church community. So I get to do justice work with churches all across Canada. And I don't know if you realize this, but your church is one of the most justice-minded churches that I know of in this country. And what I've come to learn is that your church does so much justice work through your missions fund. So if you don't currently give to your church's missions fund, can I encourage you to start giving today? And if you do give to your church's missions fund, maybe consider giving more so that your church can take on more justice partnerships. But here's a second opportunity that I also want you to consider. Because some of you are feeling the conviction of the Spirit today, and you're thinking, you know what? I'm in. I'm, I'm definitely going to give to my church's missions fund, but how can I get involved at IJM? What else could I do? If that's you, I want you to respond by becoming a Freedom Partner. On the screen is a QR code, and I think most of us know how to use a QR code these days, so I want you to go ahead and scan this QR code and look at it right now. Now, what's a Freedom Partner? Freedom Partners are a community of generous IJM supporters across Canada who give $50 a month or more to support urgent rescue needs month after month. Now, just so you know, 50 a month is the equivalent of one aftercare kit for one rescued child survivor in the Philippines every single month. So 
when you sign up as a Freedom Partner today, you're committing to show up for one new rescued survivor every single month. Now, I know that someone here is thinking, you know what, God's really blessed my family. We've had a great year. We could probably support two kids a month at 100 a month or five kids a month at 250 a month. Awesome. Do that with us today. In fact, since we're talking about justice and community, if 17 of you sign up as Freedom Partners this Sunday in both services, that's one rescue operation being funded by your church every single year. But here's another reason to jump in as a Freedom Partner, if you're thinking of it. We have a very generous donor who has told me that for everyone who signs up at Knox Toronto this Sunday, they will match your giving for an entire year. So if you sign up at 50 a month, it becomes 100 a month. 250 a month becomes 500 a month. And uh, 100 doubles into 200. So join us as a Freedom Partner. And you can do that by filling out the online form, or you can go to ijm.ca forward slash Knox Toronto, uh, or you can come to the table after the service, and my colleague Sinead and I would be there, and we'd love to help you get signed up. So today we looked at four unique characteristics of justice Jesus' way. Justice Jesus' way is radically inclusive. Justice Jesus' way is holistic. Justice Jesus' way is expensive. And Justice Jesus' way is done in community. As we close, I'd love for you to take a look at these reflection questions that we have. And I want us to pause and really do some introspection here. Here's the first question. Is seeking justice actually costing me something? And the second question is, what household budget items or calendar items do I need to be moving around so that seeking justice Jesus' way actually costs me something. 